Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, it's been two or three weeks since we recorded last. We did record a second round preview, um, but per usual lately, Skype uh, sucks and lost half our audio, which is probably the third or fourth time that has happened to me in the past, well, since COVID started really. So uh, today we're trying something, new. well, not new, but we're going back to our roots. We're in the same room together. Um we're still trying to do our best to social distance overall, but uh, yeah, we've been part of each other's bubbles now for a little while anyways, so we're back uh, in the same room, hopefully less problems, and that hopefully means we can get uh, weekly podcasts out again. Back to normal. Yeah, pretty easy. Um, so we missed a ton of stuff um, not being able to record in the past two weeks because uh, not only did we lose all our audio, but the past week... Or so, Chase and I have been up at a cottage, so uh, we didn't have any of our stuff up there either, and we weren't really planning on recording. Um, no shape to record a podcast no, at any point that week. Absolutely not. Uh, it would have been, yeah, definitely an after dark kind of podcast <laughs> then. But um, yeah, we're back now, so we have a bunch of talking points we're going to say. Uh, we're just going to pretty much skip the second round preview. Uh, we're going to look at a little bit of the second round and what happened, but uh, I, I think I went... Two for four on my predictions. I had the Knights and Tampa going through, but I believe I had Colorado and the or the Philly. I, it was I know Philly. I did a game seven, but I think I said the Flyers were going through. I think I made those exact same four picks. Yeah. So uh, we'll look at the rounds. We got a bunch of news and stuff first. Um, there's like so much. We're definitely going to miss stuff from the past couple of weeks because there's just been so much that's happened. But <laughs> I did want to quickly, uh, you know, briefly talk about the uh, player walkouts. Uh, so. Again, even this feels like it was like four weeks ago, and in reality, it was a week and a half ago. Yeah, it feels like forever ago, and it's already like kind of gone from like the news cycle or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, like there has been good things that come out of it, but I mean, I think everyone knows what we're talking about. The end. It started with the NBA. The NBA players decided, you know, after another uh, police shooting on a black man, uh, NBA players decided that they were not going to uh, play. You know, and they took a stand and they protested the game. Uh, you know. The Raptors and Celtics were one of the first teams to come out and talk about it, and the Bucks actually came out and did it. So, uh, you know, they protested those games. They ended up protesting for three days. Uh, at first, it didn't look like the NHL was going to do it. Every every other league had games get canceled. You know, not all the games, but partly. The MLB never canceled all their games, as far as I know. I'm pretty sure... Oh, they didn't? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they had, like, a bunch of teams cancel at different times, but if I remember correctly, there was still, like... A few teams playing each day. Okay, that sounds at like the MLB and NHL. Yes, the only teams still going. And part of I think the MLB's reasoning for it was because they've missed so many games. Not that that makes it more or less right or whatever, but um, but yeah, the NHL they watch the NBA, the WNBA, uh, even baseball had some games get canceled. Uh, there was another. There's more like pretty much all sports had been canceled, and the NHL kept going that night. Uh, and then some players spoke up and and talked about it, and they ended up. Uh, uh, not playing games for two days and rescheduling the games. And uh, out of the NBA, this has already uh, provided some good change. I know there's ongoing discussions with it, but uh, they're making every team-owned building a voting center for the upcoming election in the NBA, uh, which is awesome and yeah, great to cool. see. Uh, you know, in the NHL, this is kind of where it's like, I know a lot of people were disappointed because a couple months ago there was, you know, 50 NHL players that came out and said, I'm listening and I want to do more. I want to be better. I want to do more. And when it came to this, there were some very questionable decisions, you know. Um, so now it's it again. It's it, it feels like it's almost been swept under the rug, which is not not good. But 
you want to know what NHL players plan on doing, you know, uh, not even just right now, but, you know, going forward too. Yeah, exactly. Like in the NHL, it's completely been swept under the rug at this point. And we are a week and a half out. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of the most hardcore NHL fans. I could, I barely remember that they actually protested the games, you know, and because even the protest, it just kind of felt like, yeah, I guess we should be doing this. Yeah, it was like a if I have to, mom, kind of thing. Yeah, and obviously not for everyone. You know, there are some players who, uh, you know, stand up against it and everything. And um, uh, it's it's not everyone we're calling, like, that you want to see change from. But it's a it's a big majority of the league that, you know, you want to hear more from. and But not just hear their words, actually see them put it into action in whatever way they can. And I know we've mentioned it more, you know, more than once, a, a bunch of times here. But it's like, change doesn't happen overnight. You're not going to fix racism within... 24 hours. Yeah, you, you don't know? cancel the games once and it's solved. Yeah, exactly. But it's cancel the games to get attention on why you're canceling the games and then get discussion going about how you can make change. Did you see the Baltimore Ravens statement on it? Uh, no, I did not. So when this was all happening, the Baltimore Ravens put out a statement and specifically went like point for point on what they meant by quote-unquote change. And all the NHL had to do was put a statement out like that the day they canceled games, and it would have looked really good, but instead they just kind of... Yeah, they, they just kind of, like, even, yeah, I don't know, like some of the, I don't know. It feels like we've been over this so often. It feels like it was the exact same conversation we had, you know, with the George Floyd stuff and whatnot, where it's just like, how, a lot of the comments from the NHL, it's like, okay, that's just like, literally the bare minimum you can do, which like, is better than nothing, but... You just you want to see some more from the league. Yeah, there was no Eric Trump com- or uh, complimenting the NHL this time, so that's good. I yes, guess. that's at least good. Um, yeah, when I think we talked about that on our one podcast when you know when Eric Trump's coming out and saying, "Oh, see, they're not kneeling. This is great. Look it's at like, this great league." Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, you're doing something wrong. Um, but I don't have much more to say on that. I, I you know I feel like if you know people who've been listening to us know how our, what our thoughts are on this you know issue and everything and. Uh, but you know it's important to keep talking about because, as we say, you can't leave, you can't let those things just go unthought of after three days after they've happened. So, exactly. Um, let's get in the <clears throat> hockey talk then. You know, a little more uh, easygoing. Uh, do we want to start with just breaking down the news from the past couple of weeks, and then we can get into the third round previews? Yeah, that uh, sounds good. We're recording on Monday. My goal is really to get this out literally within an hour, probably of recording it. Hopefully. Um, so we can have it up to date. But uh, so we'll start with um, a trade, I guess. Uh, it's Toronto Maple Leafs and Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Pittsburgh got put out, and Jim Rutherford uh, said there's going to be some changes, and he was not kidding about that. Uh, August 25th, he goes out and acquires. Uh, um, sorry, he acquires Kasperi Kapanen, Pontus Auberg, and Jesper Lindgren. So Kasperi Kapanen for. <laughs> yeah. uh, a first 2020 first round pick, which I believe is 15th overall. Yeah. Uh, Philip Hollander, Evan Rodriguez, and David Worsowski. So the first Hollander and Rodriguez, and even Rodriguez is like a 13th kind of forward. Yeah. Um, I, so let, let's just give your thoughts on the trade first. There's a lot to talk about with it, but thoughts on the trade from uh, both sides. I am a Leafs fan for Rod, like mainly, although I do like the Penguins, but as a Leafs fan, I freaking love this trade. I think this is, well, this is just better value than I think they got, uh, than I would have ever guessed they would have got for captain. Like, I just didn't see them getting a first in general. Exactly. Like, uh, Kevin Papetti posts, like, fake, like, mock Leafs trades on Twitter, and it's like, puts up a poll, and he says, who wins, or who says no? 
And if he proposed this trade, his mentions would be filled with a whole bunch of non-Leafs fans being like, you idiot, there's not a chance in hell they're getting this for Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah, like you're such a homer. But it's like, like this is the kind of deal, either if um, not, so the joke going online was that uh, Rutherford thought he was getting Liljegren, but he got Lindgren instead. Um, but like Liljegren would have made more sense going back in this kind of deal with a first-round pick coming Toronto's way. It would make plenty of sense if Liljegren was going the other way. Or like Hollander and a third, because Holland. So I don't know much about prospects, but like from everyone I've talked to, said that Hollander, he's not a blue chip stud or anything like this, but he was one of the Penguins' better prospects, which partly talks to the organizational <laughs> depth about just how little they have, but also like they're like, yeah, this is like a guy who could be a second line player, like he yep. could be Kasperi Kapanen at some point or whatever, right? Like, uh, and you know, obviously not the exact same player, but. Uh, it's like that kind of player. So it's like you get a first and a guy who has a chance to be almost the player you're trading away, plus a depth forward. I just like, this is way more value than I thought the Leafs uh, would have ever gotten. Especially because it's well known that they were trying to shed salary. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's what, you know, like the first thing when trades go. So um, they pretty much said it was when the trade got broke, it was, yeah, Kapanen's going... Um, one way, it's salary cap coming back for the Leafs. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was like, and a first-round pick. It's like, no, that's the first thing. Yeah. That should be the very first thing you mentioned, not salary cap. But it's like, yeah, they do get like three. Well, Evan Rodriguez makes $2 million, but I think he's an RFA or a UFA. So, he's an RFA, I believe. Yeah, so there's no way he's coming back to play on the Leafs if he makes more than $1 million. So, no, they're not going to. They might try to sign him. They're not qualified. Yeah. So they save, you know, $2.5 million or whatever it's going to be. And, you know, they, they have some room to go, go maneuver and do stuff. And, you know, from Pittsburgh, I think. I, I don't really understand what Rutherford was doing paying this much of a price. You get, like, the justification where you get some speed in your top six to play with Sid and Malkin or whatever, but you just grossly overpaid for it. Yeah, I think the player fit it makes total sense. Yeah. Like, I think it makes 100%, especially because it's like, I also get the thing where it's like, again, how many more years of Crosby and Malkin do you have left? Exactly. Just go for it until you can't no more because it's not going to be his problem. But and like, the way Carl Hagelin fit in super well, like, you can totally imagine Kasperi oh yeah, Kapanen. The player fit is perfect. I, I just don't understand a world in where... You needed to give up a first and one of your best prospects to get Kasperi Cap. And I get he's young. I get he's got some cost control. So that probably plays into it as well. It's not one year deal, but like it just it, it felt like a lot. I really thought you know if they said they were going to trade Cap, it'd be for like a second and a B level prospect or a third and a B level prospect, right? Exactly. And there's like Kapanen didn't have a great year last year for himself either. Like he was distinctly worse than he was the year before. Yeah. So like everything about this trade between the Leafs being in a pinch. Kapanen being worse than he was the previous year screams like you're not going to get much for him. Yeah, like they're going to have. Um, sorry, they, like yeah, for the lead, it's like for Kapanen, he's had one really good NHL year, and then yep. there's been a couple others that are like he's an NHL player, but at what level is he an NHL player? Yeah, you know, like he like, was not even he didn't scream like elite third liner or anything even this year. No. So it's like if you know and I have total faith that you could plug that kind of player in with Crosby and you know he's going to throw up 70 points. I just I don't think the price was, you know, the price just felt really rich, but um you know and we'll we'll get to that uh now I guess. There was a I don't even want to give Steve Simmons talk, but he came out with a report. I think there was someone else who kind of came out with something similar about how GMs are mad at Kyle Dubas right now because he's asking for more He's asking for a lot for his players, so pretty much they said that, you know, the first for Kapanen, 
somehow Steve Simmons made turn that into trying to sound like a bad thing for Kyle Dubas, where it was like GMs weren't happy that he got a first, but he got one anyways, yeah. as if that's a bad thing for whatever reason. And then they said at the trade deadline, they felt uh, the asking price for Barry was too high. Uh, right now, you know, there's been a lot of Frederick Anderson talks, but GMs feel that the price for that is too high. Uh, and I think there was one other player as well, but I can't remember. And it doesn't perfect maybe. It, yeah, it was someone like one that. Yeah, but like <clears throat> this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, it's this ridiculous! Is the dumbest thing. Like, if this league is actually that fucking pathetic, that they are getting mad that a GM is trying to get fair, is just not trying to get fleeced or trying to get yeah. a little more than fair value. You're doing your job wrong if you're not doing that. Yeah, Ky- or Steve Simmons came out with a report saying Kyle Dubas is doing his job and tried to turn that into a Yeah, name. and it's like, even worse so, it's like, why, like, the Leafs didn't need to trade Tyson Berry. They were in a playoff push. Yeah. So why would they trade Tyson Berry? Yeah, like, as infuriating as Tyson Berry is, Imagine their right side without him. Yeah. Like, at least he's an NHL player, which cannot be said about very many of the Leafs' right-handed defensemen. And the same with, like, Frederick Anderson. Like, there's a chance they trade Frederick Anderson and try and find somewhere else to go this year. But guess what? If they're only going to get a third-round pick or a second-round pick for Frederick Anderson, just let him walk. Like, just go with them for one more year and let him walk. Especially because after, it's not July 1st anymore, whatever the date is, Frederick Anderson's only going to make a million dollars this year in a year where a lot of teams are going to be cash-strapped. Yeah. And he's a good starting goalie on a reasonable cap hit. Like, you're not in a rush to trade that when you're a good team right no, now. No, and why would you? Like, it... Sorry, it just it doesn't... It, it's so infuriating how stupid this league is all the time. Like, it's pretty funny. I love that report. Oh, my God. It's like, of course it's the NHL, too. Like, imagine someone in the NBA coming out and being like, oh, yeah, we got mad because they were asking too much for Russell Westbrook. Yeah. No, they just went and paid like four first round picks for the dude and gave up, and Paul George as well. Yeah, like imagine or, the rest of the league freaking out or whatever. Sorry, CP, not Paul George. It was Chris Paul that went to OKC, right? Could be. Yes, I, don't I, think, it was, it, I think it was Chris Paul. Um, Paul George went to the Clippers. But still, it's just like imagine that in any other league where it's just like, oh yeah, they're asking for too much. It's like, that's tough talking. Like, exactly. Like, I, if the I, price is too high for you, don't buy. Yeah. It's pretty simple. It's, it's really stupid, but. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a great deal from Toronto's perspective. I think the player fit makes a ton of sense from Pittsburgh. I just thought they really overpaid. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, another deal that happened, uh, St. Louis is trying to keep their captain here in Petrangelo. Uh, they dish off $4.35 million in salary um, to in Jake Allen to the Montreal Canadiens who get their backup for one year. Um, they get a third and a seventh in return, and so they swap sevenths. Uh, Montreal's in 2022. So it's basically a third for Jake Allen. This is a lot, isn't it? Yeah, why is Jake Allen worth anything? I like, know. he did put up very good numbers this year as, like, a tandem guy. Yeah, but that was considered, like, this catastrophic goalie contract for the past two years. Oh, yeah, but, like, I don't like so, so since Bennington's come in, his numbers have really improved. So, I like, I think it's pretty obvious to say that Allen's best role is as a tan, a 1B guy who plays 40, not even 40, 35 games a year, right? Which is what you need for price. Yes, which is exactly what Montreal's looking for. But not at four point three five million. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, does it does it really matter? Like, Montreal has so much cap room. That's we, fair. We've talked about how they have so much cap room, and if you can't go out and do anything with it this year, I guess this is like even even after this, they still have four and a half million dollars. Um, and you know, Max Domi might not be coming back. There's been some talks that he might not actually be returning. Really? Yeah. Well, like he switched his agent, huh. and I'm pretty sure. 
if I remember hearing it right, his agent was like real good friends with Bergevin, and now he has uh, Ferris. No, oh, that'll be fun. I, I think I, I'm gonna let me double check that real quick. Um, I feel like I heard the SDP talking about this. Yeah, uh, yeah, Darren Ferris is now. So and yeah, there's six days ago. So um, there's a chance he doesn't come back, but. You know, he'll get a raise at some point. Uh, Dale Weiss, his 2.35 is coming off the books. I don't think you're giving him that again. Charles Houdon will make some something, but, like, not a ton. And then you have Victor Mete uh, that you have to figure out. But, I, again, I don't think he's going to cost, like, no. an aggressive amount. So it's like cost a few million, but nothing. Insane. Yeah, I can see him going 3x3 three three or something like that. Yeah. Or even a 2x2 two two or 2, you know, like, whatever. But, like, so even after that, they're probably still going to be, you know, right now they have... Um, projected $14 million in cap space. Uh, Max Domi and Victor Mente are not going to cost $14 million combined. Like, I'd be... Sh- no. There's just no way that can happen. I wouldn't think so. No. So it's like, they have the space, and even if, you know, if you get Domi on, I don't know, a $3 million raise, six mil. Sounds about right. Yeah, and Mete at two to three mil. You know, you still have five million dollars to go work with in a in a league, in a year where we just said that a bunch of teams are going to be trying to shed salary. So, <clears throat> but then with money to work with, like if you couldn't have found Jake Allen in free agency for three and a half million, yeah, like in a flat cap. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's just kind of a, one of those things where it's like. But like as much as much as we say there are so many goalies, like there's also that many teams who are also going to need goalies, right? So sure. it's like it's a carousel. But then when you add three teams who aren't adding anything into this, then it's suddenly a game of musical chairs. That's true. But so, they could outbid most of the teams, I would think, for backup goalies. Yeah, but like it also depends. Do you want to go to Montreal? Like the market, the you know francophone as well. Like this kind of to me just signals we saw someone we like and. You know, credit to Jake Allen. Like, I think Jake Allen was a solid goaltender this year, and I think he'll fit perfectly into he was great this year. To what Carey Price needs. Like, Carey Price needs a guy who can play 35 to 40 games. Carey Price is obviously going to start for you in the playoffs, but, like, if Carey Price is struggling for three games, Jake Allen can go in and play three games, no problem. Yep. Uh, or two games, and then, yeah, Price gets a bit of a rest and can come back in. So, I like the fit. A third... Kind of just reeked of, like, I have too many draft picks. They're burning a hole in my pocket. Yeah, literally. Like, a third, I don't know. So, like, as much as, like, I don't really think it's that bad, because I don't even think it was their third that they gave up. It was someone else's, I believe. They still love their own third. Yeah, it was the Washington one from the Kovalchuk deal. That makes sense. So, like, but, like, you know that St. Louis is trying to shed salary to get Petrangelo on the books. Yeah, exactly. They're another team like the Leafs, where like they are very clearly looking for cap space to do something yeah. very specific. And you know, Jake Allen probably isn't worth four and a half million dollars. So it's no. like that kind of both those combined to me signals that you should probably get it for a fourth and a fifth, but maybe not. Maybe it's like if they weren't in a cap crunch, they'd be looking for a first or a second or something like that, and that's just where their market valuation is, and that's why I got bumped to a third. I don't know. Like, it's not the end of the world. No, I think no. it's a fine trend, but like I heard people like this is absolutely brilliant by Montreal. It's like, is it like? Oh, it's definitely not brilliant. It's bad. It's not it's like fine. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think it's fine. I think it's. I think it's good for St. Louis. I think it's fine for Montreal. Yeah, like it could have been worse. I'd rather them keep the pick and yeah. find cheaper Jake Allen in free agency. But, but like, I don't know. Like, I I, I get not wanting to risk not getting anyone than being. But like, I don't know. But remember Jake Allen last year. Like, yeah, Jake like, Allen was not always Jake Allen no, for well, like, 
2020, right? Well, that's the thing. But even like when Bennington, you know, got there last year, it was like they saw immediate upticks in his like play. So it's, a, it's clear that he just like Jake Allen's not a starter. If you expect him to be no, a starter, if you expect him to be close to a starter, you're not going to get that. But like, I don't know. Like, obviously, goaltending's wild, so whatever can happen. But I think there's enough data to show that like it's a good enough bet to assume that if you get him as he plays the back-to-back kind of guy where he's playing 35 to 40 games a year, he's going to be fine for you. You know, like not, he's probably not going to steal like a ton, a ton of games, but it's no. not, he's not going to be a liability, which is what Montreal has absolutely had in net in the past couple of years, especially as a backup position. Back. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know, I think it's a fine deal. I think, you know, maybe you paid a round or two too high for it, but like, the difference between a third and a fourth gets overstated, I think, sometimes. It's really not that much. It's no. not nothing, but it's also... No, but, like, when you say a, thir- a third sounds like so much more in the fourth-round pick. Yeah, it's like in the NHL games where, like, a third can actually get you something, whereas a fourth is just yeah. completely useless. Yeah, it's the exact same thing with, like, a late first versus an early second, where it's like, a first-round pick sounds so much better than a second-round pick, yeah. even though they could be six spots away, right? Yeah, like, pick 29 is perceived as more valuable than 33, even though... It's a very slightly, it's much you know, if you if you take 33 and any other pick in the draft, you're getting more value. Yeah, that, like I right? wouldn't take a seventh to move up, or to move down. Yeah. Sorry to move up. Exactly. So, I wouldn't pay the seventh. Um, yeah, no, those are the two big trades that happen. I think it's, for, for St. Louis, I, you know, I think it's a good deal for them. They get, you know, some cap, cap hit off the book so they can look to sign. All points, all things point to Petrangelo wanting to come back. That makes sense. Yeah, um, they have right now projected six and a half, six million in cap space. Um, that's rough. Yeah. So, and that's like because like you can sign Allen for that, but you presumably want to do something else. Yeah, and Especially that's like with Vince Dunn. That's not including like so. That's like if you have Petrangelo at zero right now. Yeah, exactly. That's good because um, what's his name's getting a raise this year. Braden Shen, his extension kicks in at six and a half mil. Oh, I didn't even realize that one. Yeah, so that's where the the lost cap space is coming from, and uh, Falk's extension kicks in for another yes. mil and a half more as well. So and you're gonna have to pay Vince and Dunn. and Scandella's kicks in for another one point three. Why did they sign that Scandella deal? I could not tell you. I don't know why they signed the Falk deal either. Like Scandella and Falk, it looked like they were signing because they were ready to kiss Petrangelo goodbye, and, and if they turn around and sign him anyway. Yeah, it's just gonna look like a mess in like two years on their blue line. And they gave, uh, yeah, they gave uh, Falk a no-trade clause. Just a full no-trade clause. Like... For no reason. Yeah, like, man, like... Watch, they're going to have to let Pareko walk in three years because of this Falk deal. Probably, he's making six and a half mil for the next eight years or seven years or whatever the hell it is. It's going to get, like, marketed as this genius managed to sign Falk and re-sign Petrangelo, and then in two years it's just going to cost them Pareko anyways. Literally. Well, I'm like, this team was set up to, like have the potential to be good for a number of years. But, like, like their yeah, cap position is getting clearly, ugly now. They're clearly, like, win now. Yes, but, like, even, like, with, you know, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, like, they had pieces to, like, yeah. supplement themselves for the next couple of years. But now it's, like, like when Thomas and Cairo come up, next, not this offseason, but next offseason, like, you're going to be scrambling for money to try and pay those guys, too. Yeah, exactly. So... And, and you're going to have to bridge Dunn rather than taking the opportunity to maybe get him on, like, an at-home-style deal. Yeah, and, you know, maybe Tarasenko goes on LTIR because he got hurt again. He's now at three surgeries on the same thing, and, you know, he, yeah. he he's not looking good. That's that's a scary situation. 
Yeah, that sucks. Because he's not nearly as young as he is in my head either. No, he's 28 years old. And, you know, he's had a ton of injury problems and on the exact same spot. Yeah. We're just starting to get dicey. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing I have to say on those two things, really. Um, the next thing I would say, uh, I don't know even what to say about this, but uh, the Arizona Coyotes got fined. Uh, they're finally their uh, punishment for the draft lottery stuff, or for the um, prospect stuff came out. Is it prospect tampering? It was prospect tampering. Yeah, they were like measuring like, Brain, brain waves of like prospects or something like that. Uh, so they got fined this year's second round pick and next year's first round pick, which is a very big punishment. That's aggressive. I was not expecting that much of a punishment from the league, especially because Chayka's not even there anymore. Yeah, exactly. The uh, the marginal value you get from being able to measure the prospects' brain waves yeah. has to be so big to compensate for the loss of a first and second round pick. Especially when you don't have your first this year because of the Taylor Hall deal. You don't have your third this year because of the Taylor Hall deal. Um, and you might not have your third next year, and your second next year is a conditional as well if uh, you re-sign Taylor Hall. Bad, no cap space, and no first round pick for two years. That's not a fun spot to be in. Yeah, like, they have, they're going, they're, like, I don't think they're going to re-sign Taylor Hall. I just don't think they, they want to. I don't think they have the money to do it. I don't know why he would want to I don't think, yeah, I don't see why he would want to do it. Other than, like, maybe the weather, obviously, like. Yeah, if you want to live there. But all things point to him, like, wanting to win. He's won one playoff series and it was a play-in round, so it doesn't even count in his career, right? Like, he's been in the playoffs twice now. Yeah, exactly. You have to assume somebody that good is a pretty competitive guy. Yes. How else do you get there? Yeah, but so, like, there's a realistic chance that they have one top, like, one pick in the first three rounds next year. In in the next two years, I should say. So, I'm like, yeah, they're not good. I don't think they're particularly, like, amazing at drafting either. Like, they're fine at, they have some decent picks, but, like, their prospect pool doesn't scream like we have a second wave coming. No, and like I, nothing about their drafting makes me feel that they can just find a ton of gems in the fourth to seventh round every year. Yeah, nothing about anybody's drafting makes me feel no. they could draft find like, gems in the fourth to seventh. As weird as it sounds, Ottawa is one of the few teams that I actually feel confident that they can probably find a decent player in the late rounds because they've they have so done picks. it so often too. Yeah, most of their good players. Mike Hoffman, Mark Stone, Stone, like even Batherson now. He was a fourth round pick. Like Yeah, they do have a lot of late. You picks. just go through and I think like Dezingle was a seventh round pick. He yeah. was a huge contributor for their while. Like they just you go through the roster and they have a bunch of guys in the fourth to seventh rounds. Even considering they have a generational defenseman drafted in the first round, they're like four through seventh might have got more value than one through three for a few years. Yeah, literally. So um but yeah, like that that's one of but most teams it's just like, yeah, I don't uh, feel particularly strong about that, but even like especially this team, it's not like they have any absolute studs coming out of like the fifth round recently. No, but um, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, that's not a good place if you're the Arizona Arizona Coyotes. Um, they are in some trouble. They might be uh, when we do the bottom five teams to take over. They're gonna skyrocket up that list because like the roster's just so mediocre fine that it's like they're gonna miss the playoffs by four they're gonna be new minnesota yeah where it's like they're either gonna miss the playoffs by four points every year or they're gonna make it and just get absolutely shelled in the first round oh yeah their roster screams like 21st in the league yeah and like i like i like their goaltending kemper and ranta you know like but they're both 31 and 30 so it's like how many more years of like kemper being a top three goalie in the league do you have 
Yeah, like you can't reason, even though we can say Darcy Kemper is good, we can't reasonably expect him to be as good as he was last year. No. Because of how random goaltending is. Exactly. And yeah, like he's making more money. They have going into this offseason, they have a projected $1 million in cap space. I don't, like, I don't really understand how you're signing Taylor Hall, Vinny Hinnestroza, uh, Carl, well, you're probably not signing Carl Soderberg, but like, they just have so much because the raises, like, again, I think there's raises kicking in. Kemper's got a raise kicking in this year. Uh, Is Chitrin? No, Chit- Chitrin's on his already. So maybe it's just the Kemper one, but they were at the oh, cap ceiling anyway. Keller, that's the big one. Does this kick in this year, or yeah. is it already started? No, it starts now. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's it. oh yeah, yeah. So there's seven or six million extra dollars right there. So yeah, I just don't know how you're fitting Taylor Hall in this cap. Yeah, you're just not going to do that. No. So uh, and and I think it might be a mistake for them to sign Taylor Hall anyways, because then you're just signing another aging forward who I know you're high on Taylor Hall. I'm not as high, but you know I think the upside's still there. But it's like his upside still doesn't turn this team into anything more than like fodder for the second round. Yeah, like if you get 99th percentile Taylor Hall, you're still not a contender. No. Man, I don't think you're particularly close. I mean, they do have like a couple young guys. It's not like they have absolutely no one in their prospects Hayden system. has the potential to be like... Yeah, exactly. Good. Like Barrett Hayden is what they need. And uh, I feel like we're... Even like Connor Garland was sneaky good this year. Yeah, exactly. He's 24 though, so you're not exactly... You don't think he's going to explode onto the page now or anything? No, but, but it's still like, a nice piece. Yeah, but you're hoping you get something out of a few of these guys. But like, yeah, I, don't, I just don't have a lot of faith in this team. But uh, it'll awesome. definitely be uh, once we do free agency. It'll definitely be um, we'll do the top five and bottom five teams you want to take over. Um, and this team will probably be close to the bottom five, if not there. Oh, they'll probably off the top of my head. I'm sure they'll probably be like fourth or something like that. Like, yeah, I don't like just. Like, I probably almost want L.A. more than this team. Because that's what I was going to say. A lot of the staples of the worst teams to take over are starting to turn that corner. Like, yeah. L.A. picking second overall or whatever. Ex- yeah, exactly. And, like, have a big prospect system. And, like, again, even, like, I think the market's starting to sour on Drew Doughty. But I really don't think it's soured too, too much on Anze Kopitar to the point where, like, I think one of those guys you could probably get away with a trade where it's like maybe you're not getting much of value, but you probably don't have to give up a ton. You could get a seventh for them, and it's a win given your window. Exactly. So, like, but, yeah, this team is just like, what do you do with this team? Like, there's just so many meh players on meh contract. Um, Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, there's just nothing there. They just built a super team of the most average players you possibly could, but paid them like they were going to be amazing. Yeah. So, I, 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 yeah, I don't really understand. Um. The other big thing in news, I think, uh, the Capitals fired their head coach. Uh, is it Todd Reardon? Yep. He already has a job as an assistant coach. I remember I'm hired already for Pittsburgh. Remember, oh. I told you about that because they they Pittsburgh fired their assistant coaches in. Uh, oh yeah, I do remember Pittsburgh clean in Recky and uh, Gonchar. Um, yes. So they hired, but they already hired Reardon as an assistant coach, which is like. An insanely quick turnaround, even for the NHL. But trying to get your arch nemesis' secrets by hiring their literally, I guess. But um, like yeah, I don't know. I think this is uh, so. For, so pretty much for everything that's come out of the bubble for Washington is that you know the reason they succeeded on Barry Trotz because he was a hard ass. He's known as a hard ass. Like he's a good guy, but he, he's, he doesn't let you do get away with much, right? I guess the Capitals took after you know Trotz. After, you know the next year, it just became a party. Um, is what I've heard, and they kind of took advantage of the players' coach and like, that, like 
the stories that have come out of the bubble. Like there was like three radio hits where they were like, "Yeah, I'm not really surprised." Um, what's his name? Who's the Minnesota reporter? Russo. Russo. Yeah, he came out. He's like, "Yeah, I'm not really surprised." I heard a bunch of reports that they pretty much were just having parties in the hotel rooms after every and every night. It's like. So these guys just didn't care to be in the bubble at all. Yeah, that's that's not a good look. No, and it's like if your head coach is not being able to do it, like obviously there's only so much you can do about it, but it's like if that's just how your team is treating your head coach, it's like, yeah, it's probably time to go get a change. So already I think it's been um, uh, Mike Babcock has interviewed for this job or is to interview for the job, and... um, Oh, why am I blanking on his name? He's actually good. Uh, he got fired from Vegas this Golan. year. Golan. Gerard Golan. Those are the two big names that Golan have been would be huge. Yeah, interviewed for the job so far. But, okay, so I was waiting to talk about this Reardon stuff with relative to Barry Trotz. The 16, 17, and 17, 18 Capitals, when they were like juggernauts, where do you think they ranked in 5-on-5 XG? Oh, it was like 20th. It was in the 20s. It was, yeah, it was 20th. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It was 20. First. Yeah. Under Reardon, 20th. Yeah. Like, I, and, you know, under Reardon this year, it's like they were they had the 7th best Corsi. But that was just this year, obviously. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sure last year was a bit different. But, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where it's clearly like, I, Trotz, and you see what Trotz is doing with the Islanders, and we'll get to them when we do our preview as well. But it's like, is it necessarily Reardon's fault? Probably not. No, but like at the same time, like they were, they were the Capitals under Reardon. Yeah, like they were fine. I mean, yeah, like this year they were thirteenth in expected goals, which is better than they've been the past yeah. three years. So like, yeah, they were a juggernaut team, rocking like fifty percent even. And for what it's worth, point. if Samsonov doesn't get hurt before the bubble and he's their starter and it's not Braden Holtby, and they win around, because who they play in the first round? It was. It wasn't Philly. The Capitals yeah, and the Islanders. The Islanders. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they played very trots. Yeah, so they played trots. But, like, if Samsonov's playing and Samsonov stands on his head for two games and they upset the Islanders, well, not upset the Islanders, but they beat the Islanders and move on, we're not having this conversation. Exactly. He's not getting fired because they made it to the second Then round. all of a sudden he's the player's coach, the Bill Walsh style yeah. working for him. Exactly. Like, so I think a, a change is fine. I don't really I, – I think it's um, – the other thing I want to say real quick about Mike Babcock – I think me and you are both kind of, um, for a while, we were that uh, he's a good coach. I think this year we kind of realized, yeah, maybe he's not the greatest coach. And then, you know, when the Marner stuff came out, I was like, hey, that's just a douche thing to do. Can we get one thing straight? The Marner stuff is not abuse. Mike Babcock did not abuse his players. No, that sounds disrespectful to people that have actually been abused. Yes. That abuse. Yes. Maybe you can say there was some kind of emotional abuse, but like... Yeah, but that's fair. Even then, at the very lowest level... It's just more embarrassing than anything else. It was stupid. It's just being a dick to him for yes, no reason. Exactly. It's a person in power being a dickhead. But stop trying. I saw a couple people, and it's like, it's, you know, and I hate using this word because, I, you know, people use it all the time to just try and say when, if you say Black Lives Matter, people say fake woke. But, like, there is a part of fake woke Twitter that tries to get mad at literally every little possible thing they can. And I saw that going, oh, yeah, Bob Clark should be in the league again. He abused his players. It's like, no, 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 no. That is like, Offensive to people who actually went through abuse, especially in like, well, anywhere, but especially in hockey. Yeah, especially given you like know, like Akeem Elieu actually went through abuse. Yeah, Dan Carcillo, and not just like not just Eric Guest, you know, all kinds of OHL players, CHL players, NHL players go through abuse. 
Having you having to write down who you think your least hard work, hardest working teammates are, and then your coach being an asshole and going and showing them. At the bare, at the most, it is some emotional abuse that's just not cool. But like, stop acting like he just was hitting his players in the bench or something like that. Yeah, it's not like he was assaulting Mitch. Yeah, Warner you know, like I, room or whatever. I wouldn't hire Mike Babcock, but part of that is because I don't think Mike Babcock is particularly a smart enough coach for. Or I think he's too stubborn of a coach at times yes. for 2020. He's very clearly like a great ta- or maybe not great, but like he's very clearly understands the tactics of hockey enough to coach in the NHL. Yes, I just like I wouldn't hire like I go with Gallant, but the reason I'm not hiring him is be- not because it's like he was abusing his player. Like I would, you definitely have to talk about okay, like this cannot happen again. But even then, like he doesn't have a young team here either, so it's not like he's going up to a vet game and be like, "Yo, who do you think your <laughs> the least, least hardest working players are?" He'd tell them to screw off, right? But trying to get Ovechkin to snitch on Kuznetsov, yeah, or something. literally. But like that's one thing I want to get off my chest, and like I get like if people don't agree with it, that's fine. But like ugh, the the fake whoa, and like again, I hate that word because generally when people use it, it's just people actually trying to be like, "Hey." Maybe let's not be assholes to people or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like people who say virtue signal. Like, virtue signaling is a real thing, but the people who say it just tend to be the worst people on earth. Yes. They don't want to say it. Exactly. But it's like, with this, it's just like, yeah, I wouldn't hire Babcock. And honestly, I think if you say I wouldn't hire Babcock because of the Marner incident, that's totally understandable. That's fine. Yeah. But, like, to try and spin it as, like, he's just this huge abusive guy who's, like, like, kicking and hitting... Like, I, I don't know. I just... Some of the shit I saw on Twitter was like, oh my god, like, well, give your head a shake. the sounds of everything that came out when he's fired, he was just an asshole. Yes, and if you don't want to hire an asshole, don't hire an asshole. I have... I would be... I would not lose a second of sleep if Mike Babcock never gets a job in the NHL again. Yep. I would just... I would never lose a second of sleep. Whether he's changed or not, I don't care. But, like, yeah, the whole, like, oh, this dude is literally the worst person on the planet. He's the worst person in every part of hockey. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. But... Yeah, other than that, I think for actual news that we missed, I believe we're all right. Yeah, I think that's right. Cool. We didn't actually miss... Oh, no, Marc-Andre Fleury. That's what... Oh, yeah. Well, so, I guess we'll, we'll do our playoff previews first, and we'll get into the Marc-Andre Fleury stuff. Um, um, is there anything else? There's a bunch of trade rumors going around. Uh, what time are we at? Probably pretty long. Eh, we're at about 38 minutes. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get into our playoff previews right now. Um, or third round previews. So, as we're recording, uh, Game 1 of the East is going to go tonight with the Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, so, we'll go through series by series and look at the team they eliminated in the series as a whole. Tampa Bay eliminated the Boston Bruins in is it five games, I believe, right? Yep. Um, and they lost Game 1 and then just dominated them from the night. They, they were close enough games except for Game 3, but, like, they just turned on the Jets and cooked them. Um, and this is like, this is the Tampa Bay team that I think we saw, we thought we were going to see last year. Yeah, exactly. And like Boston's a great team, but if you, the Tampa Bay Lightning can they, also impose their will on teams. They have the best roster. In the, and, and like, that's what, so like, man, I, I can't, like, I, I'm not ready for the narrative of this crap, but I really do think that picking up guys like Barkley, Goudreau, and, um, uh, who's the other guy they got at the deadline? Blake Coleman. Picking up two, like, those guys, I think, was just, like, it was such a smart move. And, like, because, like, the the worst is going to be, like, people are going to go and pick up Ryan Reeves at the deadline or something like that. Exactly. Blake Coleman's good foremost because he's actually really good at hockey. Yes. Him being gritty does also help. Yeah, exactly. And same with Barkley Goudreau. Like, he's a good third or fourth liner, but, you know, he can play hockey, but, like, they also add the element of, like, 
they're not going to get hit around. And, like, I, again, like, I, I'm not huge on that you need to not be bullied, but I do think, like, when you watch a team like Toronto or whatever that doesn't use their size, in playoff hockey when nothing gets called, it's easier for teams like that to get bullied. And yeah. I think there is something to be said for getting players like Goudreau, like Coleman, who they can stand up for you and your team, but they're also not liabilities on the ice when they're not just hit, running around hitting people. Yeah, I'm all for good grit. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what they have, and that's such a huge addition. I'm just not ready. Because even right now, people are like, oh, Zach Bogosian's the big difference. Like, no, he's not. Yeah. No, he's not. Like, But it's like, yeah, like, guys like Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau are huge additions for them because they can go out and play in any scenario. They're, you know, they're good hockey players who could play on your top line for a game or two if you needed them to. Oh, as long as he's the third best player on the yeah. line. Like, Blake Coleman is... Like he can yeah. do that Zach Hyman role way, but like I'd way rather have him than Hyman. Exactly. So it's style. like, yeah, it was like that kind of addition is huge, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing. And also, Brain Point, I think he had his coming out party last year, but if not, it's really out this year. He's just he's, on Nerd Twitter. He had it last year, I think. Yeah, like globally it, or not globally because it's the NHL, but <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it's this year. Yes, um, and, and for making six point seven five million dollars, it is so just insane to like think about. What a con! I. Saw somebody tweet about it, and I kind of forgot and didn't believe that's actually. Yeah, well, because me and you were talking about it. You're like, well, they still have to sign point. I think it was last podcast yeah, that we didn't get to post. And, like, well, they still have to sign point. It's like, no, they don't. You're like, yeah, they do. It's like, no, he signed a three-year bridge deal last year. Yeah, I forgot about that. And you're like, oh, fuck, you're right. Like Same summer as the Marner deal. That one really hurts. Yeah, because yeah, it was like weeks after. And, yeah, I'm ranting as well. But, yeah, um, this is a, just a, a loaded team, and. You look at the other way for Boston. Um, they count the years, like, I, like, I think you just if you're Boston, you kind of do what Pittsburgh does. You just kind of keep running it back, right? Run it back until you can't anymore. They basically don't have a choice given Bergeron and Marshawn and Krejci's agent. Yeah, and it's not like they're a bad team this year. Like they weren't the possession gods. I think we've come to know Boston as, but they were tenth in expected goals this year in the regular season and twelfth in Corsi. So it's like. Given their shooting talent and yeah. having two good goalies, you can run that and be a contender. Chara's already said he wants to come back. Uh, he wasn't sure at first, but then he came back and was like, yeah, I, I do think I want to come back. So, yeah, I'm assuming he'll be making less than what he probably makes right now. Probably. I think you have to lose Tory Krug, right? I don't think you... Yeah, it even, depends. Even if you fit him under the cap, I'm not trying to pay him 7 or $8 million or whatever he's asking for. Yeah, if he wants 8 I don't I think he's that good. Like, skeptical. Like, McAvoy's your blue chip. Yes. Make sure to pay him like it when the time comes. And you're going to need crew, money right? for Carlo in two years as well. Or next year. a ton. But no, it's... but you're going to need some. And McAvoy in three years, like or two years, I guess. But, yeah, like, I just... Tory Krug's what? Do you, do you think he's a top pair defenseman by definition? I think his, like, war is absolutely in the top pair, but the problem is a lot of that comes on a power play that also has Marshawn, Pasternak, and Bergeron. I think he was probably a number three guy type of guy. Yeah, like five on five. If you wanted to tell me yeah. he's a three, I wouldn't argue. Yeah, with second pair defenseman who's, like, a fine second pair. He's not going to hurt. Like, he's a great... You want to have him on your second pair, but... That's just not the time. He was asked for eight mil earlier this year. Now with COVID, it might be like six and a half, seven. But like, that's a lot of money for a second pair guy, especially and he's twenty-nine. He's not like the little young. Yeah, it's not like yeah, it's not like Charlie McAvoy where you're paying him, assuming he's going to take the step. Like, it's the term that would kill me. Like, if he could fit it under the cap, I'd give him like the for one, one season. Yeah, but I would do that for, for almost sure. any player in the league. But like, you yeah. just can't. So yeah, you kind of have to run it back. Um, Krejci looked good again in the playoffs this year. 
Yeah. Um, Playoff Krejci is something. Literally. He's one of the few players where it's like, there's such a big sample size now where I think there is something to be said where that guy just like, he performs. I won multiple hockey pools by picking playoff David Krejci yeah. back in the day. Like it's just like, and he still does it too. Like it's not like he he still just chips in his nine points in ten games or whatever it's going to yeah, be, right? Like, along. Yeah. So um, yeah, like I don't hate the roster at all. Um, hopefully Andre Kashe can stay healthy. He wasn't healthy for the bubble. Um, you know they have him for another year. Charlie Coyle, you know the contract's a little ugly, but he's a fine player. Um, you know obviously. Passed up Bergeron Marchand. Nothing needs to be said about that. Yeah. They have some younger guys, too. They, that's, I think, where they really need um, someone to step up in the minors there. Like Trent Frederick or, you know, uh, uh, who's the other guy they had? For some reason, I thought they had someone else young, but I'm blanking on their name. Um, but they need, a, they need a couple of their younger guys to really step up and, and take uh, – that permanent step, even like Jake DeBrusque, they need I think to be more than what he he is right now. DeBrusque taking an extra step would be huge and for the Bruins and super unfair to the rest of the league. Yes, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I thought there was a guy who I saw in the World Juniors a couple of years who was playing for them. They had their three botched first rounders. Yeah, could have been Barzell. Oh, Stanika, Jack Stanika. Oh. Um, yeah, like if he can come up and be, even just be like a solid third line player, that would be huge. For well, because they have all the studs, they basically just need the second depth. liners down. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think this team is going to be in like top three in the Atlantic next year. Yeah, and if you're handicapping it, they're probably going to be at worst like what the sixth best team in the league odds on, maybe top four even. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they're... probably like. Like I, I think next year going, yeah, I don't know. Like they'll they'll be. We'll see the off season, but they're going to be a team where it's like, yeah, they're going to be in the whatever you want from the one to eight range. But the eight range is a team that gets hot and can go on a cup run, exactly. just like they did last. So off say season. they're like five in there. Yeah, like you just run that back and see what happens. Basically, exactly. They're not a team I'd be super worried about. Um, next series, the New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers. Who are these New York Islanders? They've actually been good. They have been legitimately good, um, which is like it's funny because everyone like, oh yeah, you're dunking on the Islanders. Like, well yeah, they were a garbage team for most of the year. Yeah, but yeah, like, like it's okay to have been bad and then be good. Yeah, and like in their playoffs, true um, their Corsi is at forty eight percent over the course of the entire playoffs, um, but their expected goals is at fifty five percent. So there's a seven percent difference. Uh, they rank sixth in the bubble as a whole and. Two of the teams were Nashville and Edmonton, who played three games each or four yeah. games each or whatever it was. So like and those don't even count. And they're behind the two distinct odds-on favorites. Yeah, I would say they're behind. Oh, the three that were there, they were behind Vegas, Tampa, and Colorado, which I think people would say were the three best teams in the bubble. Yeah. So when you're sitting there and expected goals, no, the Leafs are a better team today. No, God, oh my God, do we need to get? We, we can get into that <laughs> after. That's fine because we'll, we'll talk about Colorado. That's the dumbest tweet I've ever seen. God, that was fun. Oh, my God. Okay, but, yeah, so, like, the Islanders are playing legitimately great. Like, they dominated Philly. Philly had, like, seven shots through two periods Yeah. in Game 7. Like, I know, uh, so, like, people were praising Vancouver for getting, and we'll get to Vancouver and Vegas, but people were praising Vancouver for getting the Game 7 against Vegas, when in reality they get absolutely shredded, and if they run it back, they're going to get screwed next year. Yeah. Philly is lesser so because Philly showed that they were a good team in the regular season, but... I didn't see anywhere near enough dunking on Philly for doing the exact same damn thing that uh, uh, Vancouver did against the Islanders. 
Yeah, because Couturier was hurt, so I don't know if there was just more leeway given there. I guess, but like, yeah, like maybe, but one player in the NHL shouldn't make that big of a difference no. where Even you were literally getting out shot, like doubled the shots in th- three games in a row. By the Islanders, too. Yeah, like, 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 like I'm like, sorry, I'm sorry, but I don't think the Islanders have that great of a roster. No, like Vegas would do to Vancouver to a lot of teams in yeah. the NHL, even good ones. The Islanders should not do that to good teams. No, and like, you know, I, I saw Jeff uh, Jeffler taking heat online about, uh, you know, he said, I still don't particularly think this Islanders team is a super strong one, but, you know, I they're they're playing good, and I'm with that, but he took a lot of heat for that. It's like, well, just look at their roster. Who are the elite players other than Barzell on that roster? There are zero. Yes. Even, like, who are the very good players on that roster? There's maybe three yeah, like Anders Lee's really good. Yeah, uh, Everly's far. Like Everly's good, but Lock, I like their defensemen more than we've said this for yeah. a while. That we like their decor better than most people, but like they don't have that many good players. The thing I don't understand is that you know people go, oh, if they're that bad, are they in the Eastern Conference Finals? As if the Ottawa Senators didn't make the Eastern Conference Finals Game Seven against one of the Juggernaut Penguins. Teams. Yeah, like that I mean, Penguins double team was over, amazing. Double overtime and literally was a bounce away because they had a, a stick break that went to the point. They could have gone the other way and finished that game off. Yep. They were a bounce away from making like and as they, if like do people just have monkey brains? Like th- those Ottawa Senators because that basically same team became the laughing stock of the league like next year. We can confidently say we're what like the 28th best team in the league and they were one game away from game 7. Yeah, and like like, maybe you can argue that high-end talent brings you a little more, because Carlson was hurt for the, the part of the next year, but, like... Yeah, when, and Carlson was superhuman. That and, was but right. it was, like, the same kind of thing applied, where Ottawa was a horrible team throughout the year. They got a bunch of goaltending. They had Carlson drag them with Hoffman, uh, Broussard, and Stone. Um, and But come playoff, come trade deadline time, they swapped out Chris Neal, who was the worst player we have seen in, like... A decade almost. Yeah, he was pretty bad. At that age. Like, Especially and, when he's that old. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, Chris Neal was fine. He was very useful. And up until about 2013 when the lockout changed stuff. Yeah, he was like a fourth. Like yeah, and even like 2014 hockey, you go back and watch that. It's like, okay, like, yeah, Chris Neal probably, how old he was probably didn't fit in amazingly. But he was still okay. Yeah. 2017, Chris Neal was horrible. Curtis Lazar, horrible. Yeah, that's when Curtis Lazar had, like, one of the worst seasons of the fancy stats uh, Literally. era. And, like, it was just, like, a bunch of guys like that in their bottom six. And you know what they did? They just went and got, like, Victor Stahlberg, like, an actual NHL player. Um, oh, Christ, who else did they get for that run? Uh, they, they just got, like, like four actual NHL they just players. Had, like, vaguely competent players in most positions. They got Clark MacArthur back, who ended up being a second-line winger for them right off a of concussion, which... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, which is still a little scary to think about, but, like, still, at the same cool time... Story. They got a bunch of boosts where it's like, yeah, it's actually not a shock that they became a team that could kind of upset other teams because you still have the high-end talent, but then you just had not a bunch of bums around them. Yeah, they had some depth then. So it's like, and, like, like we prank on the Pajot thing, and I think it's... I think Ottawa stole a first and second and a third if they win the Cup, especially with that contract. But Peugeot is having Cal Clutterbuck play at a 55% expected goals rate right now. If you go all the way to the Cup Finals, that might not be the worst investment I've ever seen. Like, the trade in terms of picking up the player, you know? The cost and the contract are two different things. But, like, surrounding your team with just some actual players, it's like, yeah, it helps everyone out. So it's like, is it the most surprising thing? No, it's surprising, but it's like, you shouldn't also bet on this just happening again next year. Yeah, exactly. Again, like, two things can be true. They're playing legitimately good right now. They have been bad in the past, or at least 
on paper they have been, so I still expect them to not be great in the future. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just, I don't know, like, you, you go next year if you're going to do your season predictions in that division, out of the eight teams, where do they sit? They're behind Carolina. Probably Pittsburgh. Definitely Pittsburgh. I might put them at, I don't, I'm so low on the Rangers, dude, just in general. Especially, oh, if, probably wouldn't especially because the Islanders are supposed to get uh, is it Sorokin? Yes. Yeah. So like, I, I think I think I would put them ahead of the Rangers, probably ahead of the Blue Jackets and the Devils. For sure. And the, obviously the Devils. But then there's with the, the Flyers kind of thing. Yeah, I mean they did just absolutely destroy, destroy them. The Flyers, so like, but. I think you could put them in the range of Flyers, but I think the Hurricanes are absolutely better. I think the Penguins are probably better. I think the Capitals, uh, the Capitals should, be should be better. But I think it would be the range of like the Capitals, them, and the Flyers. Because we're, like, we're repetitively low on the Capitals, too, but the roster is just still so much better than this one. Yeah. So but it's, yeah, so it's just like, but people are going to get mad if you put them fifth in their own division again. Oh, yeah. But in reality, that's that. where they were. Yeah. Only, they might not have made the playoffs. They were on an eight-game losing streak going into the bubble this year. Yep. Yeah, like, and people well just forget that. Ball. And they heated up at the right time. Good for them. But, like, they were on pace to be the eighth place team in the East. Fifth best in their own division. Yep. But people will scream at you if you say, oh, well, they made a conference final. They made a Stanley Cup final. How can they be the fifth best team in their division? But they had 20 good games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my God. Like, get your head out of your ass. It just, it, like, it happens all the time, too. Exactly. Pretty much every year. There's It's like the thing where, like, no upset is likely, but... Some Something's gonna happen. Someone's gonna make a certainty. And right? same. Let's get to the series now. Same with the Vancouver Canucks. People were praising the Vancouver Canucks for getting seven against this dominant Vegas team. It's like, well, they got shelled. They got a game out of Markstrom, and then they got three lifelike, or just godlike games out of Demko. Yeah. And even Demko, like he let in one goal, and that wasn't enough to win the game. Which is ridiculous. And people are like getting mad again. People like Jeffler's a Vancouver fan, so I saw him a bunch. But people were getting mad at him on Twitter about saying like. It's, forget the stats for a second. If you just watched two of those games, you saw a team that was trying to win a game minus one to zero in the Vancouver Canucks, and they just got absolutely shelled. Yeah, they were trying to win that minus one to zero. Forget advanced stats. If you are in game seven and you have nine shots with 12 minutes left in the third period, yeah. how do you expect to win that? How is that a good thing? Well, and then people were like, well, that's the way you have to play when you're way worse than the other team. It's like, well, you can't be a contender and way worse than Vegas at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So. Like, you can't be a contender and way worse than what might have been the second or third best roster. Like, maybe not even the first best roster in the league, right? Yeah. Like, that means you're not a contender. Yeah, like on expected winning percentage, they're probably third coming into the playoffs. On cup odds, they're probably higher than Tampa and Boston because they had to go through each other. But yeah. I'm sure they were probably rated as, like, the third strongest roster. Yeah, like, uh, it's... <sighs> so there's a, there's a tweet I saw from a Chiefs fan on Twitter. And for those who don't know, the Houston Texans were, like, way up on the juggernaut Kansas City Chiefs in the second round, kind of like this. And this all happens at hyperspeed because it's not a series, and people were all talking about how great the Texans are. And they were hyping them up or whatever. And then the Chiefs come back, go on to win the Super Bowl. And it reminded me so much of the Vancouver Canucks this year, where people are hyping them up, hyping them up, and then I'm sure, and then Vegas finally wins it. Vegas is the juggernaut, yeah. not the fucking Vancouver Canucks. Exactly. Like, and it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, man. And so I'm going to write about this, I think, I'm hoping today, but this week for sure, that 
Um, if Vancouver expects to just run it back, sorry, run it back with this roster, they're going to be in for a very big surprise next year. Um, because, and I sent you a couple tweets, everything that people were saying after Game 7 uh, the other night about Vancouver, but, oh, this is a great uh, learning experience for this young core. They're only going to build off this. It's only up from here. Guess what team they said about that? The Winnipeg Jets. The 2018 Winnipeg Jets and the 2017 Edmonton Oilers. They reek of that, especially well, given I don't trust. I trust their management in the same realm as those Oilers. Yes. Not as bad. But. Yeah. Well, and guess what? They're about to lose Jacob Markstrom. I don't see them resigning Jacob Markstrom. No. And even still, like... Even if they do, I don't think you're getting top five goal in the league out of Jacob Markstrom again exactly. this year. Like, he was elite this year, but... Like, he had one elite year at age 30, and everybody has decided he's, like, this top-tier goalie that they need to lock down. It's like, no, that is exactly what you avoid signing long-term. So you look at um, the Edmonton team. Edmonton, I think, is a better um, draw compared to Winnipeg, but even Winnipeg... Winnipeg had way more good players. Yes, but Winnipeg got in. Winnipeg had more good players based on priors. They were not that great that year in terms of, like... Because it was funny, because it was the one yeah, year they was... finally stopped dominating shot suppression and everything. It was... They got good goaltending, they made the playoffs. Yeah. But... All three of these teams had amazing goaltending for the regular season, which not everyone saw coming. All three of these teams had some stud young players, or just stud players in general. So in Vancouver's, it's obviously um, uh, Pedersen, uh, Hughes, and then to some extent Horvat and Besser as well. Um, obviously Edmonton, McDrysaddle, McDavid, and even Nuge at that point. Yeah. Um, and for Winnipeg, you had Line A was a, uh, amazing. Wheeler looked real good. Shifley, uh, Ehlers, uh, Buffalo, and Trubal Morrissey on the back end, right? They all had good players. The next year what happened was they kind of ran it back with the exact same idea or like slightly worse of a team. Well, Edmonton didn't get the goaltending. And suddenly, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can't score literally 95% of the team's goals. And running it back with the garbage depth you had where everyone had a career year and you re-signed them all yeah. doesn't work. Guess what? The moves that this team has made, and like some of them were great, but like the JT Miller trade, it looks good. I don't think JT Miller is going to have 82 points in 82 games again next year. No, that's probably not a very good bet. And, like, he might be a 65 or a 60-point player over the course of an 82-game season. That's still, like, uh, or, like, uh, you know, whatever COVID is. He might be a 55-point player over a 70-game season. That's still a 15-point regression you're going to need to find somewhere else. Where guess what? Where are you finding that? Because I don't think Antoine Roussel is getting better. I don't think Jay Beagle's getting better. I don't think Jake Vertanen's getting better. Tyler Mott's not getting better. Like, unless you hope Elias Pettersson gets 15 points better and then also covers up for literally everyone else, too? Yeah, like, by war, Elias Pettersson was already, like, I think he was, like, sixth in the league or whatever this year. Which, at that point, I know he's young, but you can't reasonably expect players to get much better. His point totals might go up, but the actual value you can provide can't get much higher than sixth. Yeah, and it's just, so like, like, it's, it, like, I just, and everything about, like, the Tyler Myers contract sucks. He's 30, he's got four more years at $6 million. But, like, he's not getting better. Edler's probably not getting better. No, he's not. Edler's not getting better. Tanev's not getting better. They want to re-sign him. Like, Troy Stetcher's fine, but he's not getting better. Like, where's no. the growth coming from here other than Hughes and Patterson? Quinn Hughes is the one whose regular season was not quite as amazing as people think, but there's a chance, judging by these playoffs, he's like a Norris Trophy-level yeah. defender, which and would be helpful. Don't get me wrong. They have some guys in the minor. You know, Niels Hoglander, you know, is always... Even Oliu Levy, if you just have him be a third-pair defenseman, maybe that's a bit of an upgrade. They have the guy that they loaned, uh, who was their first-round pick from this past draft, the seventh overall one. Uh, oh, man, what is his name? The Russian. 
Oh, Paz- I don't know. How Paz- to Pazingas or what? No, not Pazingas. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I remember who you're uh, talking about. It was a 2019 NHL entry draft. Yeah. He, they have him. He could be a stud in a couple years, but he's not coming next year. He was also another one of those classic guys who couldn't score a point to save his life. Yeah, and it's like... Uh, Ten. Uh, Vasil Podkolzin. But like, he could be like a stud, but he's not coming back. It's been well known that he's probably not coming back until like... Not this year, but the year after that, at the very earliest. Yeah, and, and that's why they took him so late. Judging by his draft year numbers, if you're really expecting him to become a stud, that's not a good sign. Well, I mean, like, yeah, he's playing in the KHL. He was a regular fair. in the KHL. Yeah. He played 30 games in the KHL this year at a 19 years old and had 8 points. Which is way better than it sounds. Yes. Um, so, But, like, you know, he there's a lot of scouts that said he has the potential to be one of the best players in the draft, but, like... Honestly, it's not even a, a given that he might be over here at all. Yeah, they said that with him, the biggest issue is that there's a legitimate chance he could play five years over in Russia and then come over or play his whole career in Russia or whatever, right? But yeah. if he's only you know scoring eight points in Russia, I could see him coming over to the NHL eventually. But like, that's not helping you this year, and that's my point. Like, this coming year, you are going to need some like. Vancouver, like if Vancouver expects themselves to just be a shoe in for the second round again, even the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think they're shooing for the play. I think they will compete for a playoff spot. I think what's going to happen is these four games from Thatcher Demko save them from signing a gross Markstrom contract. Hopefully, yeah. But what it's going to do is make season previewers just pencil them in for elite goaltending oh, yeah. again. And I'm, then... I can't wait for the... And I mean, the unfortunate thing about like uh, online betting is that you know pe- the people who make those lines are very, very smart. But I am hoping to be able to hammer the under on the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I'm watching that one for sure. But um, enough about Vancouver. Let's go to the team that absolutely dismantled them, the Vegas Golden Knights. So as we're recording, they lost game one. A boring game one last night. I don't know if you watched it, but shots were 25 apiece. one nothing Dallas. The typical Dallas game. Yep. Not that not these playoff Dallas, but a normal Dallas yeah, game, a regular season Dallas game. I still have a bunch of faith in this team. I think. Oh, we didn't even give our predictions for uh, the East last time. I guess uh, the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Islanders. I go in Tampa in six. I think it should be a decent series. I was going to say Tampa in six. As well. um, it'll be interesting to see how the the rest actually um, uh, factors in two things. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, this is the first time all playoffs we've seen a team actually have, like, a week off. Like, genuine rest. Yeah. And the Islanders flew to Edmonton yesterday and are playing today, so. Yeah. Oh, look at us. Dom has the most likely outcome as Tampa and six. Yeah, I think he had Vegas and six as well. Um, I, that was going to be my guess, too. I was going to go Vegas and seven as a uh, hint, hint. But, um, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about in from that last series, the Ryan Reeves hit in game seven. That was gross. Got kicked out of the game, missed half the game, so that's probably why he only got... He got one game, he missed game one. Probably should have got more. Probably should have got more. I know the whole playoff games count as two, so that's like three games right yeah. there if you count. But like, At that point, on. five. If playoff game counts as two, give them five then. Like, that hit was everything that you that want to get out of the such a greasy hit. And, like, I get Ryan Reeves is a guy who plays on the edge, and, like, he's had a habit of being... He's never been, like, absolutely filthy. Like, to my memory... Yeah, like, I don't think he's been Matt cooking. No, or, like, Tom, even Tom Wilson guys, like, where yeah. it's, like... He has had a couple, like, against Evander Kane, he, like, headshotted him a couple years ago and joked about it. It's like, okay, that's not good. But, like, again, I saw people on Twitter and be like, oh, yeah, they did the, like, uh, you know, Family Guy thing where it was, like, 
it's a real racist joke, obviously, but it's like, it literally is like accurate. It's like, they pull down the car, it's like, okay, I need to see you. And they hold up a thing, it's like, color of the skin, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, not okay. It's like, this is the NHL suspending people, and they hold it up, it's like, oh, not yes, okay. It's I like, have... they were doing that for Ryan Reed, it's like, give me a break. No, that was, like the... I said, that hit was everything wrong with hitting in hockey. Yeah. In one go, and one it, go, and Ryan Reeves doesn't really deserve the benefit of the doubt. No, and like again, like just like it, it, it makes me so angry that I have to push back on people and say shut up, like shut, like because it just diminishes actual things of racism in hockey. Oh, yeah, because there's so much of it. Even just like any player of color has attitude issues. Yeah, that is every but that is just like that's yeah. just straight up racism. Yeah, Chris Watkins had one where they get traded at like. I don't know the exact number, but it's young players of color get traded way more. Just think about every young player of color that's been in the league. The base rate. Duclair, Subban, Subban. Um, uh, Bufflin, Kane. Yeah. I mean, maybe not Bufflin. I don't. Oh yeah, but Bufflin, Bufflin was more he was of like lazy. a he 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 had uh, he had the cap situation. The what? The cap situation yeah. for but Chicago. Bufflin's but, been this like lazy bomb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, he doesn't like working out and all that stuff. Which but, is just a different way of saying character. Yeah, but you just go down the list and like that's actual shit. But when you go, yeah, the NHL suspended this dude for less than he probably should have got. You can't call that like come on, like uh, man. I'm sorry, like I, it's just like Twitter really bugged me this week. But yeah, that hit was disgusting. That is like everything you want out of hockey. Yeah, like just exactly everything you want gone. It was just it was a shoulder straight to that. That is one where it's like I saw. Usually you see a couple idiots online arguing about it. I saw almost no one online saying that should be. No suspension. I don't follow many Vegas fans, so maybe that's the problem, but I didn't see a single person defending it. No, exactly. And even just like when you, like in Friedman's mentions or whatever, you get the people, clean it, good hockey it, or whatever. I barely saw that. Every time Tom Wilson does a hit. Yeah. Like, no, that was actually good. Exactly. But yeah, that was a gross hit. Uh, So he missed game one. They lost game one, one nothing. I still like this roster. I think it, I think this should be a good series. I'm really hoping Dallas plays like Dallas has played all playoffs and not like the regular season Dallas, because that'll make this way more exciting. Um, thoughts on going to Marc Andre Fleury in Game One? That's which they did last night, and he let up a butter goal as the only goal. And now you can't blame last night on him because you can't win a game negative one to zero. Yeah. But I just don't like Robin Leonard. Yes, he didn't get tried at all last series, but the dude had three shutouts. Yeah, like I don't, I don't get the justification for starting Fleury here, even though it worked out. It, it like it worked out fine, but like that could have been zero zero. I, I don't know. Like I, you can't blame him on it, but it's just like I just don't understand why you didn't start Robin Leonard. And let's get to the F- Mark Andre Fleury agent stuff. We didn't talk about this on the podcast. This is like incredibly stupid. So Alan Walsh is uh, Fleury's agent. Uh, very passionate dude has been known. He's always the first guy to like tweet out stats about his clients and like very public dude. Yes, very public, very passionate. Like a, a guy, I can see why you'd want to have him as your agent. Well, yeah. the Boar starts Leonard as the start. Leonard's clearly a starter, as he should be. He's the better goalie. Yep. And Alan Walsh, for whatever reason, on a Friday Friday night, I think, tweets out this picture of Flurry getting stabbed by a sword <laughs> through him with the words Peter DeBoer on it on it. It's just like, what the hell's going on? This stays up for a full forty eight hours <laughs> before finally getting taken down. So you know Mark Andre Flurry Flurry probably knew about it, or when he saw it, just didn't care. Oh, he had to know about it. But imagine being the intern at Alan Walsh's agency who got asked to Photoshop this no, on Thursday. Where do you go to make that? Like I don't know. I assume like I said, I assume you just get some intern who you know is good on a computer to make it for you, but it's just like, yeah, that is just the most insane and that's just like 
So we talk about like being a distraction in the playoffs. Like I don't think it's that like I don't think it's that big of a deal. If you're Twitch streaming or whatever, I don't think you're a distraction to your team. Yeah. This Better is a legitimate party. distraction to your team. Yeah, this is this is setting fires where there's nothing to burn. Yeah. And like like I would understand if Mark like I get he's been the face of the franchise. I would understand more if Mark Andre Fleury was a nine twenty two this year and was just lights out. The dude has an eight ninety three save percentage in the playoffs, and it was like a nine oh two in the regular season. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was bad. There's nothing there. Yeah, you're and like, allowed to sit goalies who have struggled when they have yeah. top tier backups. And like I get like they picked Robin Leonard up, and I guess like when the, they did it, the GM was like, "Oh, don't worry, it's still flurries now, it's still flurries now." But like even then, he struggled since the deadline. Lehner is like maybe a top ten goalie in the league. Like the, the past two years, he's been a top three goalie. Yeah, in the league, in exactly. Opinion. So like you don't pick him up to not go to a yeah. moment flurry shows a sign of weakness. Maybe top five. But like he's been a top five goalie and that now I don't know if I project him as top five going forward, but like just his raw numbers, whether you look at save percentage or like advanced stats, even with the eye because everyone's like, oh well he's in the Islander system, in the Islander system. Guess what? He went to Chicago and stood on his he head there. Ended up in Chicago. So it's just like I think yeah, he's one of the best goalies in the league. And Marc Andre Fleury has struggled. Not this year just this year, but last year too, he wasn't yeah. great. Yeah, I don't know exactly where Lehner is, but it's definitely many spots higher than Flurry. Yes. So it's just like, like how do you get? Ma- I don't like. Uh, man, I get you want your client to play, but how do you leave that up? I have no idea. I don't know how you can justify it. Like, what about Flurry's play made that? No, like, justifiable. Yeah, it's not like the dude's posting like three play, like three shutouts and. Still gets benched or whatever. The dude yeah. had an 893 save percentage, but they won two of the games because Vegas has such a good roster, they just battled through it. Yeah. Like, and it's like, well, he's the face of the franchise. He's like a nice, charismatic, fun guy. I know all sorts of nice, charismatic, yeah. fun guys. But if they hurt, like, actively hurt my team's chance of winning, I'll probably not. Like, if, exactly. if, if I have a fun guy in the office who's a real nice guy, but he is just absolutely not good at what he's doing compared to this other dude who just like gets sales all the times or yeah. whatever. Guess what I'm going with? The new guy. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not going with the fun guy. Exactly. Sometimes winning, you have to win with people who aren't as fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that shouldn't be, like, super controversial or anything. And so, like, I've, I've been on full on the bandwagon. Obviously, given the price slash term, I think Vegas should re-sign Leonard. I think they're a contender for the next three years if they do. But what do you do with Flurry? Yeah, that was a bad contract from the moment it signed. Oh, yeah, and, and everyone knew it. Worse. It's, this is only the first year of it. Um, I feel like maybe a team would take him. Yeah, he is flurry. If you retain, though, like... But the problem with, with COVID and the no cap, like, that, it's going to be hard. I don't know if Vegas can, like, afford to retain much either. Not a ton, no. Like, they don't have... They have $6 million going into this offseason, and that would be... To th- if you get rid of flurry, let's say you retain $2.5 million. So there's five and a half right there. So then you're at... 12 million or so. Yeah. Maybe a shade. Yeah, about, about 12. Um, you got to re sign Leonard, and that's about it, actually. Like, yeah. they do, I guess they could, they could they get could. it, they could retain, but the problem is, um, the next offseason, you've got to re sign Paul Statsny, and you know what? Actually, they are in way better of a spot than I thought they were, yeah. dude. 
No, Never. they are. They don't have to I do think anything. That, I think they absolutely could retain. And with Paul Statsny at that point, he's 36, so you're probably not actually worried about it. No, you're not giving him a raise. You know, if he's still playing all right, maybe give him a one-year deal and if he likes it there or whatever. But Ideally, you just give Cody Glass the spot. And yeah, see. exactly. But like, I thought, you know, they were going to have to, like, for some reason, I thought they had anyone big coming up. But literally, they have oh. Riley Smith in three years is probably their biggest player. And even him, you'd probably let him walk by the end of that deal. Shea Theodore's going to win the Con Spythe, making 5.2 for the next five. Yep. Uh, that's the other big thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, this is Shea Theodore's coming out party. This is a lot of... It's been the, the year of the rookie... Or the young defenseman. Yeah. And Theodore's nowhere near as young as the other guys. But Heiskanen has looked amazing this year. He's getting all kind of love. Like, yep. to the point where people are like, oh yeah, Heiskanen's probably better than Makar Hughes. I don't know where you rank on that. Yeah, I haven't looked into that deep enough to get No, I know our friend Tyler, uh, he thinks that he's high on ice skating. He thinks he's the best one. Steph I think. Tyler thinks, oh, yeah. Actually? Yeah, he, he is huge on ice skating. Wow. He is Makar's age, I guess. Like, I think Makar, I always think yeah, Makar's a year younger. younger. isn't he? Nope, I mean, same draft class. Makar just played a year in college. Oh, he didn't play And then come for the playoffs yes. last year, right? That makes sense. I think maybe you could, with the age, you could maybe argue Hughes, but they're all three are neck and neck. I think yeah. you can make an argue, a legitimate argue for any one of them. But Shea Theodore's got his coming out party here now, too, at age 25. And we've been hyping him up for two straight years now. It's nice to see yep. everybody else hop on the bandwagon. And that is just such a good contract. Five more years at $5.2 million. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, this team, this might be the team I think I'd want to take over the most, actually. Yeah, they're in a... Like, I'll, I'll keep... Yeah, like, I'll have to look at it harder, but, like, this is... Obviously, it depends what they do with Leonard as well, but, Especially... like... There might be compliance buyouts coming, and they have one bad contract. Yeah. They have a better spot to be in than only one problem contract with probable compliance Or, buyouts. like, you remember how we said, um, if you, you know, with the compliance buyouts, if a team doesn't use theirs and you could buy someone else out? Yeah. If you could manage to ditch Flurry and then take on a contract and buy it out with more assets? Oh, that'd be gross. Uh, I, I don't think, I honestly, for what's worth, I really don't think compliance buyouts are going to come. You don't think so? If the cap would have gone down, I think so. But the cap staying the same, I just see yeah. them. You probably have to if the cap goes yes, down. Yes, like, but with the cap staying the same, it's like, okay, well, that was always an option. So, like, why are you that surprised about it, right? Like, Yeah, I guess it was always, like, something you should have at least planned, like, a 1% chance that it happened. And, like, to be fair to, like, 90% of the team, like, Toronto was one of the teams that got absolutely screwed by it because they went the high-end talent and then the contracts are going to look good in a couple years row. But a lot of the teams, it's like... Like, let's say the cap starts growing again in two years, and even if it goes up by $2 million, if it was supposed to go up by 3 this year and 3 next year, $6 million is usually the difference between just not overpaying some third-line or yeah. second-line player who's 29 years old. It's not for a lot of teams. Like Lucic for most teams. Yeah, exactly. And, like, obviously that's not always the case, but it's, like, it's tough, but it's, like, it's not the most impossible thing to work around for a year or two. No, you just have to be smart. Yeah. Um... All right, so Dallas, on the other hand, uh, Dallas played Colorado, which was a thrilling series. Probably the best series of the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. It was just back and forth. I really want Colorado. Obviously, I'm writing for Colorado still, uh, like the SB Nation one. So I wanted to see them go through. Uh, sucks that they couldn't. They were dealing with injuries. Landeskog didn't play Game 7. They were having Michael freaking Hutchinson play yeah. Games 5, 6, and 7. Um yeah, that, that's a bad bounce. Yes. Uh, I still think that Colorado, uh, you know, is good. Like, this team is so good, and they're in so... It's, sorry, you know I just said Vegas. It's still probably Colorado is the team I would want to take first. But, like... They're so set up so well. Yes. They do need a piece, though. Yeah, because their, their depth is not as good as people have been No. Saying. Like, Nazem Kadri is not what people have been talking about him as for the past two weeks. And even him as just, like, the 
fourth best forward. Like, they have... So, I like the moves they made this year. So, they brought in Donsko. I thought it was a good move. They brought in Comfer... Or, sorry, they kept Comfer, obviously. They brought in... Um, Nikoski. N- and uh, Yeah. Though, the like a defensive god, right? Like, nowhere. But you can't expect that to repeat either. Not to the degree. I th- Well, I think it's fair to assume that he's going to be better than what we saw originally from him. But, yeah, I don't yes. think... You can't expect him to... I don't think there's a case for him to be winning a Selkie again yeah. next year. I where, don't think 40 games in the next season, the evolving Wild Twins are tweeting about why he should win the Selkie trophy. Slash, like, MVP yeah. over, like, Dreisaitl <laughs> or something Seidel. like that, yeah. right? But, like... So I like the moves, but they need, like... Because most of their depth, all the guys I just named, they're good players. They don't have much coin talent. They need that... Like, like this is why, like, Taylor Hall would be the perfect fit here. Like, Artemi Panera. Oh, that would be beautiful. Could you imagine Mark Stone if he would have went here? And that's why we were talking... Me and my buddies were talking about it. And we were confused on why they didn't make more of a push for Stone. Because, you know, on taxes, maybe had a bit to do with it. Could be. But this would be a perfect team for Stone. And $9.5 million for Stone, like... They could do. Yeah, because it was like... You just don't sign Donskoy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, that's exactly. A, that's an upgrade. Yeah, a huge upgrade. And they still have $22 million in projected cap space this offseason. Wow. To sign Zadorov, who I don't think they're going to re-sign. Uh, Ryan Graves, who's uh, cheap. He's 25 in RFA. He's going to be cheap. Um, Kamenev, Yost, and Natushkin. Kamenev didn't even go to the bubble with them, so I don't think they're re-signing him. Uh, Natushkin, he'll probably get a couple million. I could see him getting like three million, three and a half, maybe. He's lucky for that two years. Or they're lucky. Most of his value came from defense. Yeah, so. it, it might not even be that. Uh, Tyson Yost, again, he probably get a couple million, but it's not going to be over three. I don't think. No. Um, Nieto, he's not going to get much. Nemestikov, I, I think they'll probably let him walk. Burkowski, they'll probably give something similar. Similar to three point two five. So they're they're like they're going to be at like. 15 mil in cap space, like four, 12 mil. And I get like the whole reason they didn't want to go and absolutely just go balls to the wall for five years is because they're worried about the uh, Landeskog needs an extension after next year. And then obviously McKinnon in a couple years, but like, man, Mark Stone will look good on this team. And like, if you look at like, well, if getting Mark Stone costs you Gabe Landeskog, like you're still super happy. With yeah. That. Gabe Landeskog in two years after you got yeah. Mark Stone. But even then, like, I feel like, like Landeskog seems like the type of guy who will, I don't think he's going to be. He boy, oh, he can't. I don't think he can be asking for ten million dollars. No, I don't think he could justify that. Especially, I think he'll be asking for like seven and a half. Especially not with the everyone else on his line who is better than him, not making a ton of money. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I, there's no way he's getting deals. more than Ranton, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. But, even though there are RFA deals, it's still just be. Yeah, I can't. If he that. like has a season like he did this year, I could see him getting like eight probably. But even like seven and a half, he wants to take a home down discount, help the team. But yeah. Mark Stone looks so good, and the worst part about it is like. Um, when you look at the asking price, so I really like, I'm pretty high on Connor Timmons. I have been since he was drafted, but the dude's had three concussions in a row now, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But if they would have gave up Connor Timmons a second and another pick, I think is what Vegas gave up, you know, Timmons instead of Branstrom. Yeah. I, I think they would have been held in the same, like, weight. They were both first rounder, though, so maybe you have to give up the first yeah, or the second. Yeah, but Timmons was the second rounder that everyone thought should have gone in the first round. Fair. So, like, I yeah. think, like, Timmons was maybe a slightly higher, but didn't have quite the draft pedigree. So, like, if you look at those two as equals, you're not giving up much there. And, like, you still, like, yeah, the thing about fine. this year... Bram coming up. Yeah, I say you just have a wild uh, Bo and Byram sitting in the minors yep. with Connor Timmons. So, like, they are in a great spot. And, like, okay, so now let's get to this tweet before we really dissect. I, I mean, <laughs> so, quickly on the Vegas-Dallas series, I think it'll be good. I have Vegas in seven, but I, I, I could see it going either way. I think it'll be really good hockey. If we were supposed to be doing previews, I would have said Vegas in six, but now I'll go Vegas in seven. Yeah. Now that they're down one. Yeah. Different. But 
Um, yeah, I think that'll be good. I don't need to talk much more about this. Let's get this tweet. So someone, some, the freaking, uh, oh, what is it? Fansided. Editor and Leaf is the fansided blog for the least. And uh, my opinion on fansided is pretty well known if you just go to my Twitter. Uh, I think fansided does a horrible job at public relations. The Ottawa Twitter one is brutal. There's a couple writers who are just openly right-wing. Um, the, the site manager's an open right-wing guy for... Like, like a for, classic Twitter. Yep. So, and like... Like it's just there's been a couple of, the Montreal one, uh, the Hurricanes one tweeted that one dude who used to it's just a bunch of like shitty people who run it. It feels not even shitty people, just like they should be tweeting on their regular account what they're tweeting on the fan yes. side and stuff. You can tweet these things from your personal. And that's account, what happened here. Not, uh, Someone quote tweeted and went, "The Toronto Maple Leafs have a are a better team now and have a brighter future than the Colorado Avalanche." Yeah, it's just not true. Not one of those things are true. So now no, I want to now I want to go through because I had a debate about this too. The only thing I think you can really argue is maybe the top four forwards are better for Toronto. Yeah, but even I think that's even fair. that, I'm taking I'm like I love Austin Matthews. I'm taking Nathan McKinnon over Austin Austin Matthews. Yep. And you no, know, maybe maybe if you factor in age, maybe you can make uh, you for probably, the future. We did like I'd probably rather have Matthews, but like you're it's not close. Sad it's it's way. close. Like it's I think they're two and three probably in the league right now. Yeah, like right distinctly, and yes. then it's your opinion on who. And again, if you better. include Cap in, I think you go McKinnon because Cap McKinnon's making half of what Matthews making. Yes, right? absolutely, that makes it no brainer. So, but then you go um, Ranton, and I think is just as good as Marner. Yeah, I was going to say Tavares like, too. Which well, Tavares, so that Tavares over Kadri is the huge thing. Yeah, like that is the massive thing. Nylander over Landis Cog, if we're talking now and future, is a pretty wide gap too. I guess I don't know. Like, is it that wide now, though? Considering the future is what the future. Now? It's but now I don't think it is. No, but it's like so. I think like pretty much it's close to a wash. But that I think Toronto has like Tavares over Kadri is the huge advantage there. Yeah. But if you as soon as you factor in cap hits, I think I'd rather the Colorado four for right now. Yeah, because price wise, they're just course. way cheaper at every single spot, right? Like yeah. you go like Nylander to Landeskog, Nylander makes a million more. Uh, McKinnon and Matthews. McKinnon makes half as much. Ranton and Marner. Ranton makes a million and a half less, or whatever it is, yeah. right? Um, Kadri makes half seven, like seven mil less than what Tavares yeah. makes, right? Less than but, half. Yeah. So, but it's just like, yeah, going forward, it's like, sure, you probably rather the least ones, but again, it's not by like a huge, like it is, but it's not like by that that big of a margin. But then you go and you look and like. The depth is pretty close. Like I like Toronto's depth. I think Toronto's, Toronto's depth probably depth, like Toronto's forward group as a whole is better. I, yes, I would say. But that. if you look at it like um, so, what I did was a top four forwards, uh, just because that's kind of where the cutoff for both teams seems to be. Yeah. Um, and then depth forwards, and then defensemen as a whole, prospects, and cap space. Cap space, easy bet for Colorado. Easy yep. money, like just a huge sweep right there, right? Yep. Prospects. I'd, I'd like some of Toronto's, but I think I'd take Colorado. Like, just with Bowen Byram and Connor Timmons sitting there. Yeah, Toronto has a, actually does have a really good prospect pool, given how te- good their team is now. But, like, it's not. It's, like, the 18th best, I think, by yeah. the athletic ratings. Like, it's good because they're good. Yes. Not because yeah, not it's, because it's amazing. Like, yeah, if they're, like, itself. the Ottawa Senators and that's the prospect pool, you You're are scared. freaking worried. But it's great because they don't need... Anyone to be like the most, yeah. Best player in the most of their ever. prospects are guys who come out and they're like, yeah, this is a second or third line player. It's like, well, that's exactly Perfect. what Toronto that's needs, what we, right? Yeah. But yeah, I still take the as prospects defense, and I had a bit of a debate about this with some people. I'm taking like I think the Toronto defense gets underrated. 
Yep. I'm still taking this Avalanche defense for now and the future Absolutely. every freaking day of the week, and it's not even close. You're taking Kale McCarr and Sam Gerrard over all of the Leafs defense. Yeah, and you know what the crazy so Gerrard? Uh, like, his... Gerrard's worse than Riley or whatever, but that combo is yeah. just... and also, like... Oh, and Bram, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Byram, uh, Timmons. Yeah. Like... Even Graves looked great this year, and like I don't think he'll be a third pair defenseman. But like Graves and Hole. The weirdest thing about Gerard Washington. to me is like his so his underlying numbers actually like his evolving hockey, uh, hockey, his evolving hockey uh, rapum numbers. There aren't actually like amazing. No, they're not special. But like um, he's twenty two years old. Yeah, I I legitimately thought he was twenty six. Yeah, like the least. I could not like I was shocked when I saw he was twenty two. And, like, so you just, like, you go back and forth. I like Muzzin. Like, so you look at Makar. They don't have anyone who's Makar. Yeah. Like. Muzzin got kind of underrated in this debate. Like, he is good, but he's he also good, 31. I would say so he's way the, older, too. The for the future caveat. Yeah. Dings him pretty heavily. But, yeah, and then you have, like, Timmins and Byram. And it's, like, even if, like, if Timmins is, like, a number four, and even if Byram's a three, which I think Byram could be better than a three, I think he'd be a top pair defenseman. Yeah. But even if he's a three, they, you have a legitimate one- a legitimate probably two somewhere in that decor, a three, a four, and then a couple other guys are like four slash five. Toronto has Riley, who I would say is like the fringe one where it's like he is probably... He's a one, I would say. But like he's not like the elite one. No. Where like Makar, I think, is and will be going forward. Even if he wasn't this year, he will be. Yes. Um, So like you have that where it's like you have a lesser one, but you have a one. Muzzin's a two right now, but for how long? But then it's like, you need Sandine to be a three or a four. You, you need Sandine to or be... Or Dermot. For this like entire debate to be close, you basically need Sandine to be a superstar. Yeah. Um, and like and if Sandine is a superstar, then it looks way different. But you can get a lot of clicks by hyping up Leafs prospects. And I have not seen anyone suggest that Sandine's going to win at Norris. No, day, everyone's so. just kind of like, yeah, he'll probably fit in and be a you know a number two at his max. Yeah, and he'll like, be a three behind yeah, Riley. Exactly. Yeah. So... Which is good for Sandine, like yeah, exactly. It's not like they got him with what the twenty like eighth overall pick, yeah. yeah it's so, awesome. um, and then goaltending's the other one. Like right now, I'd still probably rather Frederick Anderson over Philip Grubauer, but like I think that's probably a lot closer than people think too. Yeah, but again, for like now in the future, goaltending's so random. Yeah, you, unless you're sitting on John Gibson, you're not putting much faith there either. Especially because the Leafs have no good goalie prospects. Well, I don't think Colorado does either. I mean, I could be wrong, but no, I don't think they yeah. do either. Because, like, the good goalie prospects are, uh, who'd Florida take? Uh, oh, Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight. There's one in this one, too, who's supposed After to go. Up. Yeah. And Leafs Twitter really wants him, which I think would be a humongous yeah. mistake. Well, because, like, even, like, the Leafs don't have any stud goalie prospects. But the thing about goalie prospects, if you have, like, three okay ones, the chance that one of those guys come to a starter isn't, like... Super unreasonable? Yeah. Like, they have, like, Ian Scott and Joseph Wall are both guys that I, like... I know as guys who, like, have a potential future in the NHL at some point. Just yeah. not this year or, like, next year, right? Yeah, but. exactly. You're, you're glad you have Freddie this year. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, that was a long one. Hour and a half, pretty much. Uh, sorry for missing. Uh, it really is our hope that we can get back to every week. Um, one thing I did want to mention was that, you know, in Ontario here, COVID cases are going back up, and Jason and I talked about it, and... Um, you know, I'll fully admit our friend group uh, has opened up a bit more as the summer's gone on. You know, part of that's because you can be outside, but part of it's a bit more relaxed too. But I figure it's always always important, especially if you're in a hot spot. You know, take your precaution, wear your mask, yep. social distance to the best of your ability. Or, you know, keep your bubble to the best of your ability, whether it's 
10 or 15 people or whatever it is, right? And be safe going back to school. Yep. Yeah. If, if you're going back to school, uh, stay safe. You know, wear, wear your mask if you're going back to school. Yeah. I think it's mandatory for most people, but like... I haven't... I'm not entirely sure if I know my I'm school hasn't... Pretty sure it's mandatory for high school, but children under like grade four or something don't need to. Yeah. Something that's around there. probably going to be ugly because that's already a classic. Uh, yeah, that's where all the germs get spread anyways, right? But yeah, be safe, everyone. Uh, that's, you know, uh, Chase and I are going to hopefully... I'm hoping we get to, you know, be able to stay together in the room like this because I like this way more. I think the audio, audio quality is way better. There's no lag. We're not overlapping each other. It's easier to do a podcast when you see the other person's face. Yep. Too. It's way easier for me to edit because I can just keep this in the dock. But, um, you know, if things get worse, we're going to have to go back online. And that's just what it is. Uh, Obviously, it's not. That's not the reason I want uh, people to stay safe. But you know, uh, with things, you know, as everyone said about a second wave coming back, and you know, school and everything, just stay safe, everyone. Thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. Chase at CM Hockey sixty six. You can find both of our work at LastWordOnHockey.com. You can find my Colorado stuff at MyHighHockey.com. Uh, Chase has said he's going to get into some stuff again soon. I'm going to get into why the Canucks uh, can't be standing pat. I'm hoping to get that out this week sometime. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, And we will be back uh, next week sometime. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, We'll see you all next week.